Good morning, friends. I hope everybody had an amazing holiday for my American listeners. It was Thanksgiving on Thursday, and since I release my episodes on Tuesdays and Fridays, I know it's probably Black Friday right now, which is amazing. I love this season so much. But as I was contemplating what I wanted to record for you guys early, because I knew I was not going to be working on Thanksgiving, a thought came to my mind about families. And, you know, so much of the work that I do comes down to generational trauma. And I know trauma, the word gets a really bad rap, right? I mean, it's come on, nobody really wants any trauma, but here we are, right? Um, But I think it's important to recognize it for what it is, right? We, We recognize it, we release it, we say goodbye, and then we don't pass it on to our children. And as simple as it sounds, it really, really is that simple. If you have the right tools. I had an amazing experience recently, and I have not shared it um, with anybody. My sister, I told my sister about it, and I think that's, and my husband, that's about it. So, uh, man, I just wanted to dig in with that and just show you guys what is possible for you when you decide that it's time to break some of these generational trauma bonds and repeated patterns. So let's go ahead and get started with that. Hey friend, welcome to Deep Healing for Creative Entrepreneurs. My name is Aubrey Barr and I am a subconscious release technique practitioner and photography business owner. I know you are sick of ending your day feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and you are seeking a solution to help you feel creatively inspired and actively engaged in your business as well as personal life. In this podcast, we are going to dig into any limiting beliefs or subconscious programs that are keeping you in a space filled with anxiety and stress. This work is not a temporary solution for your life, no. This is a complete transformation. So grab your coffee or tea and let's start you on the road to healing. And let me just say, you can do this. You are worth it. And you are meant to thrive in life and business. So let's dig in. I'm going to paint a picture for you, which is probably pretty similar to whatever you had growing up. But Every Thanksgiving and Christmas and occasionally throughout the year, my mom would make these incredible cinnamon rolls and they were just like to die for. Anybody who got to try them loved them. Now I say anybody because we had seven kids. And so if any cinnamon rolls survived that first initial seven kids plus two adults, uh, it wasn't very many. So (laughs) we didn't have many friends that were able to grab one, we'll say. So as an adult, I look back on my childhood and there's a lot of things that I've worked on and you guys know that I've been open about that. But one thing that was always a beautiful memory for me was the cinnamon rolls. And so when I married Dave, I said, okay, I got to figure out how to make these cinnamon rolls. And even more when Aspen was born years later. So I'm like, okay, mom, what's the recipe? Like, can we have the recipe? It turns out that my mom, whom I love dearly, and who has always been incredibly, um, let's say, spacey 
right? In the best kind of way, because I've actually acquired a lot of that. But she didn't actually have a recipe for it. And so she came to visit us once in Florida and she was going to make cinnamon rolls. So I literally stood next to her and I wrote down everything she was doing. Obviously, I wanted this recipe for myself, but I also later passed it on to my siblings as well. And there were a couple things that I got wrong. Like she never, she didn't talk about how she put salt in the yeast in the beginning. And so that's another thing I had to learn over time. But a lot of the way my mom bakes and now I bake is like, uh, let's say it's a feeling. So, okay, I think I need to add a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that, or it doesn't look quite right. So let's do more of this. So um, actually, actually, it's really funny because as I think when my mom was in her 50s, she posted all over the Facebook. So this is totally okay for me to share, but she was all excited because she finally got diagnosed with ADHD. <laughs> we all laughed about it because it was like, oh yeah. But anyway, so I've acquired a lot of these things from my mom. And thankfully, I made the cinnamon rolls the other day and they're fabulous. They're like the best ones I've made every year. They get better and my family loves them. So I've been able to take this family tradition, however, how weird it may be that we didn't have a recipe, but I made sure that I was able to pass that down. And so we look at little things like that and we're like, yes, that's a beautiful experience. That's something that we definitely want to pass down to our kids. We definitely want to share those moments with them, right? Like getting up in the morning and just giving Aspen a cinnamon roll and she's like the happiest kid ever. She will never turn it down. That makes me happy, right? Love is a food language, right? Wait, food is a love language. <laughs> anyway, so I find that really beautiful and it just got me thinking like, what else do we pass down? And I wanted to bring up generational healing and generational trauma today because it is a time when we see our families and not everybody has a beautiful experience. Not everybody, you know, this is Friday, so not everybody had a great Thanksgiving. I sincerely hope that you did. I sincerely hope that you found a way to make it a good day for you, but it's very possible that that's kind of how it goes down, right? So, I was thinking about the different ways that we have generational trauma and it reminded me of a really spiritual experience I had. And so I'm going to go really deep with you guys today. But first I wanted to explain the first type of generational trauma, which would be something, let's say, scenario, okay? Let's say Lucy grew up in a household where if she did not clean perfectly, if she missed a spot, she was abused or she was disciplined to a point of, we'll call it abuse, we'll say, okay? So then when she had kids, maybe she addressed it as, look, we make everything super clean. She's kind of anal. Maybe she's got a little OCD coming in. Like she's very particular about the way the house looks, okay? Maybe she doesn't abuse the children. Maybe she doesn't take it a step further. However, she's very anal, <laughs> right? You can see how that gets passed down. And then maybe those kids, maybe they're germaphobes. Maybe they don't like to get dirty. Maybe they're very proper about things. Maybe, you know, they have to make their bed in the morning. Okay. This is not my family experience uh, at all, but I will say that this is one way that you can see, you can literally visualize how this is being passed down in a certain way down the line. And a lot of times I do pick up on that with family members. And sometimes people need to release those traumas and it's like, you know, around perfectionism or around being able to 
keep everything right, right? It's not right if it's messy. It's not, everything has a place, right? And so they might get super edgy around maybe a kid who likes to take off their socks and put them on the dining room table, um, whatever it may be. But you can see how that could get passed down. And it's a line of thinking. It's like the family took on this certain line of thinking because that is how it got passed down. And I mean, you got to keep your mind open because it could go any direction at this point, right? I mean, there's all different levels of this type of thing being passed down the line. But what I want you to notice is how clear it is, how you can see logically how these things got passed down. Now, there's another type of generational trauma that doesn't get talked about a lot because it doesn't make as much logical sense. And that is where my experience comes in. And I, I am going to share it. I, as I was thinking about what I wanted to share today and this came up, I actually asked permission from my passed on grandpa, because this was an experience that I had with him very recently. I'd say probably six weeks ago or so. And uh, at the, I'm, I'm just going to sound a little bit nuts right now, but um, he doesn't see how, why I would want to share that, but he says I'm allowed to, so I'm going to, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, so a little bit of a backstory. My grandpa, I never met in this world. Okay. I strongly believe I met him before I came here, but needless to say, he passed away when he was I think, 33 or 34. And so he was very young. My dad was a 13-year-old boy, and he was now the man of the house. And he left behind five kids. One of them was under a year. So there was some, um, you know, it's very hard for my grandma, we'll say that. And I became very close with my grandma and so many people. She was absolutely so strong and just like the definition of a woman that you would want to be. Um, she passed away last year, but she lived, what, 50 years without him, you know, and um he was definitely the love of her life. So yeah, so there's a lot there. There's a lot of stuff there that are all lessons that we all got to learn from that experience. A lot of people would think, well, that didn't affect you very much because, you know, <laughs> you didn't know him, right? A lot of people would think that way. But I've learned that spiritually, we know a lot more than what we think. And I personally have experienced this so many times in my life where I was visited or where I felt someone's presence and know that they, they were not actually physically here, but that they were trying to tell me something or they were trying to comfort me or they just wanted to be there. So I have a lot of experience with these kind of moments. So about a month ago, I was working on my generational stuff. Actually, I was working on work ethic. Um, we have a very strong work ethic in my family. And one of my coaches was having me kind of look at that and say, okay, are there any programs here? Are there any negative thought patterns? Um, are we working ourselves, you know, to the ground? Are we working more than we should because we're not putting our family in the mix, right? Like there's all these questions and I'm like, I'm willing to dig into it because this is the work I do and I'm super passionate about it mostly because I've seen so much change in myself, but also the clients that I get to work with. And so I am honestly, I'm always working on something just like you guys, like things come up, memories might sneak in experiences where I don't feel like I reacted correctly. And I might think, oh my gosh, 
you know, this is probably something I can work on. And so I was dealing with one of those and I honestly can't even remember what it was, but I said, let me look at the work ethic. And one thing that I do is I check my family line. And so I checked my family line and I saw stuff on both sides coming down, uh, meaning my dad's side and my mom's side. But I felt a really strong push towards working on my dad's side. And so I did. And so I'm writing down things just like when I work with the client, I'm writing down things that come up. And that's when it came to me. So my grandpa, he passed away unexpectedly from what we think is some kind of heart issue, but there was never an autopsy. So yeah, we just say it's some kind of heart issue. Um, And what happened was he came home from lunch. He was a detective in the police department. He came home for lunch. Grandma was there, his wife, and she sat down and ate lunch with him. And then she said as soon as lunch finished, he just passed out and died. And that's about as much as you know, the story I've ever gotten, but I thought, oh my gosh, what's going on here? And I tapped in and he came to me and he's like, look, let's go ahead and go through the actual experience. And so I was taken in my mind, um, through the experience of what it was like to be there that day. And I was shown how things went down and I was placed in the situation and I could feel what he was feeling. And I could understand what his thoughts were. And boy, I don't know what you guys think about that. But <laughs> yes, it was it was different. But it was also very peaceful. And it was also very, it wasn't scary. Now, I pick up on things. And I'm an empath, 100%. I've learned over the years how to be able to pick up on things without letting it take over me. Okay, it's definitely harder with the family. But this is something I've been honing for a long time. And so some of the things that came up with him was like this instant regret. Like I've been working so hard and he worked so hard to become a detective so early. This is the thoughts that were coming through. And it was like one of the bigger ones was it's all for nothing, right? Because it, it, it basically felt like to him that he worked himself to death. Small caveat though, you know, just because that's how he felt, that doesn't mean that was like the actual reason, right? Like everybody knows that now, if you've been hanging out with me for a while, a lot of times those thoughts will kind of lie to us or they'll kind of, you know, put something on a pedestal or say, see, I told you you were wrong. So that doesn't mean that's what happened, but it just means that's what it felt like in the moment. And he felt like, man, I missed out on some family time, you know, but everyone will say that he was an amazing dad. So it's never like, from the outside looking in, it's never like, oh, he worked so hard that he was never around, but that's what he felt, right? So we're talking about his perception of things and how he felt in that moment. Um, so yeah, so I just picked up on a lot of things and it was really, it was really, really an incredible experience because I wrote them down and I went through and I did my muscle testing and I grabbed those emotions and we released them. And I literally, when I finished, it was just such a beautiful experience and I don't want to get completely into it. But when I finished, he did say thank you. And I saw that his spirit and my grandma's spirit left their house where they lived. Um, Now, interestingly enough, that house was sold last summer after my grandma passed away. And so another family lives there. (laughs) 
Um, and I'm not sure if they noticed anything, but it did feel like that trauma was so extreme and it was such a big deal. It literally shaped my grandma for the rest of her life and the entire family. But it was such a big trauma that it almost magnified their presence there. It almost stuck them like a magnet. And so do I believe that when we die, we don't have any of that we take with us? No, I think that we're still trying to process some things, but I think our physical body has a lot more availability, we'll say, to process some of these emotions. Because when we can process it through our system, we can let go of it physically, then we're not, it's not trapped in our body anymore. And that is a big thing that I talk about, you guys know. And so I'm still learning a lot of things, but I will say that a lot of things may not make sense to us on the surface, but that doesn't mean that there's no truth to it. And I read a study about how we pass down memories in our DNA. It's insane, you guys. If you, if you haven't looked into stuff like that, your mind will be absolutely blown, okay? So what I'm trying to get to is that there's a whole other world of how these traumas get passed down our line. And yes, science is catching up with that, where they're able to say, oh my gosh, you know, DNA is now proven that it holds onto memories and it passes those down the lines. And there's a lot of different things with that. I mean, you guys, there's a whole world on epigenetics that honestly, I got introduced through Joe Dispenza and some other notable people, but it's just crazy. So there's another side of this that most of us don't get to tap into. And it is a reason why sometimes when I do a session with someone and we clear a program and it was so heavy for them. And on the other side of it, they're like, I feel freaking amazing when we got rid of that. And I have no idea why that was even in my mind like that. Well, guess what? And maybe it wasn't yours. Maybe your parents or your grandparents passed it down inadvertently, right? And now it's your job and your beautiful, beautiful responsibility to release it. Say thank you, but we don't need you anymore, right? We don't, we don't need that mindset anymore. We don't need that thought process. We are evolving, right? So I want you guys to just think about that. Think about the value in being able to release things for others. It's a whole world of just feeling like amazing on the other side of it, feeling like confidence and being more present, being more present. Some of us have so much that is being passed down on us that we often are in a state of anxiety. We're panicking a lot. We are triggered by little things and we're like, dude, why? Just why is that even bothering me, right? There's just so many things that I think our everyday life, we would say, well, quote, that's just me. That's just how I do things. I'm not going to change. I can't change. I can't help it if I'm angry. I can't help it if I go through, you know, phases of depression. And I'm not discounting that as a reality for you, but I am saying that maybe there is something you can do. Maybe there is something you can help. Just maybe. Maybe you get to be that person in your family line that not only stops this generational trauma, recognizes it, but maybe you can release it too. Just maybe. So 
All right, guys, I will, I will save all other spiritual experiences for a different episode, but, um, thank you for listening and thank you for opening your mind. I don't know why it's so important to share the messages I do, but I do feel like this one in particular might help somebody to start to recognize some patterns that they're ready to let go of. So I hope you had a beautiful Thanksgiving and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I will be having some Black Friday stuff coming out. I have a beautiful new program that I'm working on now called Becoming Magnetic. For those of you who want to attract certain things into your life instead of chasing it. So keep your eyes open for that. Follow me on Instagram. I put so much stuff into my stories right now. I'm just like loving the creativity there. So yes. All right, guys, have a wonderful weekend. We'll talk soon. I hope this podcast spoke to you in some way. If it did, please go ahead and leave me a review and subscribe so that I know you're enjoying what you hear. And further, if you know somebody else who owns their own creative business and struggles with anything that we spoke about, please pass this on because it is my hope that we will be able to build a community of like-minded individuals who love on each other and appreciate the many facets that make our creative business so unique. And lastly, check out the show notes to find my free Facebook community and other useful links to work with me. All right, friend. See you soon.